Welcome to the Art of Simple Hypnosis with Rob DeGroove. Rob's goal is to keep hypnosis simple and uncomplicated, fast, powerful, and effective techniques. In this show, Rob talks with leaders of the hypnosis industry on how to keep hypnosis simple and effective on the therapeutic side as well as on the business side. Enjoy, learn, and by all means, keep it simple. Karen, welcome to The Art of Simple Hypnosis. So uh, today we're going to uh, talk about how we can keep hypnosis uh, simple, uh, how we, we achieve uh, good results without overcomplicate hypnosis. So uh, I'm also going to, to ask you some questions about giving advice to our viewers. And uh, we're also going to discuss a certain topic uh, that we will talk about uh, later. But uh, first, the first question I want to ask you, uh, because everybody... Uh, makes mistakes of course we learn a lot of our, of our mistakes that we make we we always get better so what was the biggest mistake that you made in your hypnotherapy uh, career uh, and a, a, a mistake that you don't want to make others uh, or that you don't want to others to make i would say the biggest mistake that i made is when i started making money hesitating or resisting hiring whether it was a va or some assistance, even if it was um, some outsourcing to help me with what I was not skilled at. Because when I think about the amount of hours that I spent trying to do something that someone could have done in a two hour time frame, and what I was getting paid as a hypnotist or hypnotherapist, uh, to me, that was like my resistance to do that. And my fear over it held me back for probably a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the feeling. Uh, one of the things that, that I always, I want to keep a lot of stuff in my own hands. And now I'm, I'm, I'm uh, outsourcing more. Uh, but the only thing that I, that the things that I uh, just like to do, like, like creating a website or, or uh, I, I know some people can do it faster than me, but I, I just like to do it. For me, it's sometimes all, my mind can do something else than, than the normal job. Uh, yeah. and then editing videos, things like that. But all the rest I'm outsourcing now. And that's something that I should have done much faster. And then, yeah, but I know, I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And I think if it's, if it's interesting to us and we enjoy it, it's, it's those things that we do not. And it just, you know, we, we are not focused and not motivated and it takes us forever. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I agree. No, you, you lose a lot of time that you can yeah, do other things to grow your business. And uh, yeah. So um, what is the best decision that you ever made uh, regarding your hypnotherapy business? The best decision I ever made was to hire coaches, business coaches and a book coach. I had no idea how to write a book coach, how to publish it, what to do with it. That was the first coach that I hired, Mm -hmm. the book coach, and that was life-changing for me. And then after the book coach, I had the, okay, now I have this book hypnosis and I don't know what to do with it. And how do I get it out there? And then hiring a business coach, which I truly will say that, and, and when I hired her, I thought in my head, okay, this isn't cheap, but I can do in one year with my business coach, what I know I could accomplish only on my own in five years. And is it worth it? Absolutely. That was the best decision. And I truly, at the end of that year, could say I accomplished five years of work in my one year work, one year working with a coach. The, and the things that you learned uh, from, from this coach is it's more the, the approach uh, about running your business or, mm-hmm. or taking decisions or, or does she, he or she guide you in a certain direction? Yes. So she was not a hypnotist uh, or hypnotherapist, but she was skilled or trained in NLP. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was more about getting my attitude of a champion program out there, Mm -hmm. how to structure the program. And what I needed was I knew how to teach it to my athletes. I was amazing at it in my office one-on-one, but I wasn't sure how to create a program and an online course around it. And for me, having someone that had done it before and the resources streamlined everything Mm. and also things like streamlining with using Calendly and what kind of software to use and what kind of programs to use. I didn't have any idea. I didn't even know where to start. Mm. And my business coach was very instrumental in getting me set up as a business that started creating income and uh, was 
uh, more streamlined and just more profitable. Yeah. So, so yeah, she had done it before. So you don't have to, to go through finding out all the different mm. software because there's so many things out there. And uh, yeah, I had that, that, that thing is the same, uh, especially when, when, when this pandemic started, uh, mm-hmm. I returned from Australia because I, at that moment I was teaching in Australia. So I had to come home. I came home to a country that was closed. My business was closed. Everything was down. And I had a, I had a lot of trainings planned with a lot of uh, students who already signed and paid for that training. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't had um, at that time, uh, I didn't see myself doing a, a seven day training online. And so I, I didn't have any solution. And then I posted it in, in, uh, in a group or, or uh, and I think it was Jason Lynette who contacted me. He said, Rob, I have an idea for you. And he explained me, he made a video. He explained me how to do the trainings online so that you don't have to be for seven days online. So like a hybrid training. Mm-hmm. And I, I used that system and it, it was great. But when I had to come up, come myself with that system, it, it would, took me maybe, maybe like half a year or a year to, to get it structured. And now he gave me the idea. I had the software already. I had the, 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 the videotapes of previous trainings already. So I could mm-hmm. start working immediately. So that was, was great. I think that's a very good advice mm-hmm. that sometimes you need somebody outside and uh, yeah, sometimes preferably not a hypnotherapist, uh, especially when it's more on the business side. So that's yeah, a very good yeah. uh, advice to grow your business. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, even if it is a hypnotist or hypnotherapist, I've done coaching with Helen and uh, quite a few others and someone that's just a step ahead of you Mm -hmm. that can help you with your business or your processes, because there's so much out there that we don't know. I've learned. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm uh, one of the things that I'm doing now a lot is, is, uh, searching new uh, new types of software, things that I can integrate in my business because uh, I'm, I'm working with eight therapists. So, so there will be a ninth uh, from, from uh, the next week. So there's, it's a lot of organization, a lot of things that you need to do. So, so the more that you can automate it by using good software, that you don't have to do all those things yourself or, your, or, or my administration staff have to do it. it. It takes a lot of pressure off and then then I can I can use that time to create other stuff and, and to work on the business to grow the business. So, yeah. So okay. let's talk uh, about uh, keeping hypnosis simple because that's one of the things that uh, yeah I want to do with this show to to give people advice to to keep hypnosis simple because a lot of the time I see people overcomplicate hypnosis and mm-hmm. I know uh, especially uh, uh, hypnotherapists or coaches who have quite some experience they know they they have some ideas to keep hypnosis simple. So what is your best advice uh, for our viewers to keep hypnosis simple? My best advice, and I'll be honest, I think I only started adopting this myself in the last couple of years after doing hypnosis for, you know, 15 years is uh, obviously, you know, we have a lot of hypnotists and hypnotherapists that say, don't use scripts. I think scripts in the beginning are key because we don't know the languaging. We don't know how to say something or, you know, it doesn't come to our mind right away. But what I've learned and the the biggest tip that I would give is when you are using hypnosis with a client to allow them to have some space and some time to come up with their own answers, to come up with their own brilliance. Because when we are newer, I feel like we're constantly like we're talking, talking, talking. We don't give enough space or time for them to come up with the answers or process it and recognizing that if I remember the first time I was hypnotized and I have a degree in psychology, but I didn't remember um, really learning about hypnosis. And the first time I was hypnotized was in hypnobirthing. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, that was amazing. And we forget that I think with our clients that have never been hypnotized before and that we get to allow them the experience to feel that theta state. And it's simple. Like, Create the time for it so we're not rushing them through that beautiful process that's why they came to see us, even though there's so much in between that, right? But just allowing some time to process and to be and be in that state. And the more I practice meditation, the more I recognize how how wonderful that feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that they enjoy the state more. Mm-hmm. That they, mm-hmm. they yeah. Uh, one of the one of the questions that uh, I got a, a lot is when, when I do hypnosis. Uh, after I finish doing 
whatever that I'm I'm doing, I have most of the time I follow quite the, the same outline. Uh, and then my students, they always ask me, but you, you finished and then you say deeper, 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 and then you go to the exduction. I said, yeah, that's just to give them some more time to, to progress whatever uh, is going yeah. on. I just yeah. deepen them because, mm -hmm. and it, it's a bit, it's, it's a bit a contradiction, of course, because I deepen them and like one minute later, I'm going to uh, do the exduction, but it's just mm -hmm. to give them that, that, that feeling of, and, and don't rush them out of hypnosis uh, when the, when the process is still, still going on. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've adopted that also is I'm going to give you a few moments to yeah. uh, digest everything that we have just gone through and accept these suggestions and images and then give them that space, that time to do that. No, no, no. Good idea. So, um, yeah, you're uh, you're known for, for working with athletes, of course. So uh, that's also the topic that we're going to uh, discuss uh, today. Um for me, it's, a, it's also an interesting topic because I'm, I'm uh, working and then creating a special program for golf players uh, at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I start playing golf like one year and a half. Um, it's, Very it's, mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really love it. So no, the thing the thing is somebody somebody advised me, uh, a hypnotherapist uh, from Dubai. She lives in the UK now. Uh, she's from the UK. She lives in, it's uh, she lives back in the UK now. But uh, when I was teaching in the UK, she was one of my students, and and I had a problem uh, with on my free days. I I didn't have anything to do because I I, I read books, but only when I'm on holiday. Uh, because when I start uh, an, a, a non-fiction book, then I want to finish the non-fiction book and I can't do it on one day. So I had my Mondays off. So I, I was looking for something that, that to do. And she said, yeah, go and play golf. It's, it's so good to, to clear your mind. You're like four mm -hmm. uh, hours uh, on, on, on the course. So I, I took up golf and I, I love it. Uh, but of course, I, I got really interested in the mental game of golf and, and working with golf players. I, I, I saw some golf players before I, I took up golf, but now I'm, I'm even more interested. So I'm, I'm working with golf players. I'm creating special programs for them. Uh, so this topic is, 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 of course, really something for me. But um, can you tell me first how you get uh, involved in, in, in working with, with athletes? So, so you start doing hypnotherapy. Was it the first thing that you said, I'm, I'm going to work? uh for 100 or or most of my time with athletes uh, so how did you came to that i came to it because it was in my life i had uh had married a collegiate athlete who was a wrestler and then we had three boys that were high level elite in fact i still have one in high school wrestlers and when i well, I started getting into hypnosis because I had used hypnobirthing, which I didn't have any idea about hypnosis until I used hypnobirthing. And I was like, wow, that really works. So I started teaching hypnobirthing as a practitioner, became certified. And then after that, that rolled into being a hypnotherapist because I recognized the power of it. And if you can have a baby without saying a word or tightening your muscles, then that's there's something to hypnosis, right? Um, so when I became certified as a hypnotist or hypnotherapist, my husband had said to me, I used hypnosis when I was in college and I don't remember much about it, except I got a, a cassette tape that I listened to at night and it really helped. Now that's aging us. I know you're mm -hmm. aging me. <laughs> um, and so he said, you know, I'll help you write a few scripts based on the languaging around, you know, mental toughness and mindset because he had known it all as a, as a collegiate wrestler. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of how I started. And then I had some good friends that had athletes for uh, it that were in clubs, you know, higher level athletes, and they sent their children and then they referred more and I became known as the expert in sports hypnosis in the area. And then, like I said, it just, you know, it just, it was mostly referrals because when they see the difference it makes in the mindset training, because we all know that uh, sports are 90% mental and 10% physical. I truly believe that it's all what's going on in here. That little tweak of that mental edge, that mental toughness changes the way that they perform, changes the way that they play. And so it was pretty easy. Once I started getting them in, it was just referral after referral. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then, then, yeah, you, you kept going on that. So, so you see other clients for other uh, issues as well, or not that much? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. I do. And mostly because 
I would say almost every athlete, I, I tend to focus on more the um, eighth grade through collegiate level as opposed to the professional, because that's what, I guess that's just what the universe had brought to me and that's what I work with. Mm-hmm. But I do, when I work with high school and uh, younger ones in the club level, I have the parents in for the beginning of the first session when I talk about the pre-talk and mm-hmm. what I'm going to talk to you about that mental edge and how to get it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would say with every parent that I have sitting in that chair with their athlete, I get two or three referrals for weight loss and smoking and anxiety oh. and you know all those other things because they recognize that, wow, hypnosis is real and she's kind of normal and I think we should try it. So I see everyone for everything because my referrals for hypnosis are so broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, because when they see the, the results uh, with, the, with the athlete, and of course, they, they are just regular families with all their issues going on. And then they say, oh, yeah, I want to lose some weight. Let's go to her. And that, that, uh, uh. OK, so but um, you, you're talking about referrals. That's that's one of I don't know uh, how it is in the US, but here in Europe, especially when you work with with um, professional athletes, one of the biggest uh, problems here is that uh, it's very hard to, to get referrals with with athletes. Uh, the athletes that I'm working with, uh, they don't want to do a testimonial. They don't want. They would, nobody uh, can know that they that they see a, a hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, a good friend and colleague in the Netherlands. Uh, we are teaching uh, a hypnosport uh, training also together, and we, he has the same problem. He's working with some top athletes, uh, very known athletes. Uh, I also have some wide known athletes but i can't mention their names because uh yeah they they don't want any any anything they don't want it out there that they used uh hypnotherapy to become better so how it's is it the same in the us or is it because you you i have the referrals that i have are with with uh, teenagers uh so so more like like students who are uh, they are not that that uh, and and sometimes with uh with like like soccer players, they don't want to to tell it uh, to, on the outside, but they tell it in the team. So I, sometimes I get referrals from that, but especially not yes. not not with individual athletes. Never. I have to agree. If I get the video testimonials, it is with the younger athletes. The collegiate athletes don't seem to have much of a problem with it. I think they they want to get out there. Nope. But yes, I have worked with professionals, and they are not comfortable doing a video. They, again, they will refer, you know, their, um, their teammates, they'll talk to their coaches about it, but the testimonials for the professionals, I have to wonder if it's something like they, um, they're so very cautious about being accused of cheating, you know, like whether it's they're using steroids or drugs or whatever. And some people may think that because hypnosis is so obsolete and obscure for some people that uh, they don't want that stigma possibly, but I, I have to agree, we have, I have the same challenge. There's not, I don't have any video testimonials of, of pros or professionals. No, I, I once had, uh, and then uh, it was more like a pre-talk for a television program and they, they wanted to do something about working with, with the brain. It, it was like different episodes about the brain and what you can do with the brain. And and they asked for, for athletes. And I said, yeah, I have some, but I contacted them all and nobody wants to come on television to talk about it. So it was like, yeah. So, so yeah, there, but I think it's, it's one of the, the things that you mentioned is they, they don't want the, the, the world to know that they needed something, uh, whether it is, yeah, of course, not, not right. something that's illegal, but, but hypnosis is not illegal, but they, they don't want the world to know that they need something to become at that level or to become better. So they, they all want to say, Oh, I did it on my own. And possibly, you know, like, like many years ago, people wouldn't tell you they were going to a therapist or a psychologist Mm -hmm. and now it's becoming more mainstream and people Mm -hmm. will talk about it more. So maybe in the future, Rob, we have some, some chance that'll become more mainstream and, and they'll be more open to it. Yeah, the thing that what, what we see now here in, in, in Belgium, um, there are more like, like soccer clubs and the, the soccer is, it's the most popular sport here. So that, that's, uh, those clubs, they come in the media and they, they start not all, not all of them, but they start hiring mental coaches and, and like five years ago, there was in, 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 in that world, a mental coach, they would say, Oh, they're all sissies. They need they need a mental coach, and now now it's 
uh, one one trainer introduced it, and now more clubs are are, are hiring mental oh, coaches. Yeah. I hear uh, some cyclists also; they have a mental coach. So that that's we're going yeah. in a in a way that they now talk about that that and like you said 90 percent of of success is in is in the mind yeah i see so many in, in all different sports they they know what they are doing but but most of the time the one who is who is yeah uh, at, the, at the best mental attitude he will he will be the champion so that's uh, yeah. oh yeah it makes a big difference. so important yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah so um, you wanted to, to give our viewers uh, some some advice on how that you approach uh, uh, athletes. Uh, so like like five simple tools to uh, achieve uh, the mental edge. So uh, should okay, <laughs> right. give, me, give me one second. I'll be right back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, I had to do that because I forgot to turn that overhead light off, and my eyes were like. It was good. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're good now. Okay. Yep. So yes, I wanted to give the five mental tools. And uh, as, as a lot of you know, I used um, a book. I used a book to create my attitude of a champion program that I teach. And that's the online course that I teach with mentoring and coaching and how to get athletes into your doors and how to have four successful sessions with your athletes and then get the referrals. And one of the first things that I do in the program and when I work with athletes personally is I have them in and we all know the value of the pre-talk, right? So I have them in for the pre-talk and the pre-talk I believe is just as effective as hypnosis. In fact, in my first session with athletes, I don't even uh, do hypnosis because we're busy writing affirmations and talking about, you know, how the mind works. And so one of the things that I do is, is after the pre-talk and talk about what is hypnosis and how does it feel? And, you know, all those fun things that we do. I talk about what are the five tools that I'm going to teach you in our next four sessions in order for you to get the mental training that you need to be the champion that you know, and we know that's inside of you. It's that extra mental edge that if, let's say you're a swimmer, the athlete that has the mental edge, because we all know that winning a race is fractions of a second. And as you know, golfing is like one stroke. I mean, it's that mental edge, right? That can get you to be the champion and, or be second or third. And so the five mental tools are mental log keeping is the first one. And I'll explain these in a moment. Mm -hmm. Effective goal setting, positive self-talk and affirmations, relaxation techniques, i.e. hypnosis, and guided imagery and visualization. Um, so the first one, mental log keeping, is really, it's what you say to yourself about your past and your past performances. So what is your head saying? Is it repeat, repeating the last time that you uh, lost the game, the last time you missed the basket? Is it repeating the last time that you said to yourself, man, that really sucked? Um, or are you able to stop that and not log keep that one, but log keep the future, the, uh, the new blueprint in your mind? And so that log keeping is very important in paying attention. And, and I explain how in our sessions, we'll reprogram your mind to replay the positive instead of the negative, because we have a tendency to do that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then effective goal setting. We all know if you don't set goals, you won't reach goals. I mean, anyone successful in anything, including business, knows that we set goals. And you would be surprised at the collegiate and high school athletes that have never set goals. Mm. They just like, like most people do, I think on this earth is just live day to day. And this is just my world. And I'm walking from day to day and I'm going to blindly see what happens if we don't set goals. So that is one of the first things that we do in that first session is set goals. Mm. Third one is those self-talk and affirmations how important that is, always positive present tense. Um, be aware of the talk that you're, you're saying in your head, you know, that inner roommate, like I, I explained the inner, the inner mean girl, the inner mean guy. Oh my gosh, you missed it again. Why do I always slice the ball? I find myself when I'm playing golf, right? Yep. Is I'll hit it and I'll be like, oh, I slice it again. And I'm like, stop, stop. I got this. It's going right where I expected. So, you know, the self-talk, like what goes on in your head and being very aware of it. And then also writing the statements. Like um, I always ask, what does, what do you hear from coaches or teammates or 
even parents, if they're younger, say to you all the time. And it's typically something like, don't get nervous or don't keep your head down. Or so we want to change that up to when I step on the court, I'm positive, or I'm, when I step on the court, I get in the zone and I always keep my head up. I always make the basket. So we'll write those affirmations. So that's one of the big mental training tips that I will give them. The fourth one is relaxation techniques. And like I tell them, um, guided or relaxation techniques are um, effective, more effective, your goals, your statements, your visualizations in a relaxed state, right? Our conscious mind is relaxed. Our subconscious mind is more accepting of what we're placing into it, just like people that meditate. And so I explain that by the fourth session or third session, I will teach them self-hypnosis so they can learn how to get into a relaxed state and then use their visualizations. Um, but I always explain, I don't want to do it quite yet because I want you to feel it and know the state before you practice getting into it. Mm. So that's kind of what I use for my procedure. And then fifthly, the last thing is the guided imagery and visualizations. Now, I know a lot of elite coaches, the better coaches use visualization and guided imagery with their teams. Mm. They actually do team exercises, which is pretty impressive. Um, so we'll talk about visualizing what your perfect game looks like visualizing your perfect stroke, the mind always reacts or the body always reacts to the mind, right? It's that robot theory that we learn about when we learn hypnosis. And that when you are in a state of being in your zone, if your blueprint is the way that it's supposed to be, the way you want it to be, you're going to get in the zone and then your body's going to move by instinct because that's what happens. Our body reacts to what's going on in our head and so mental imagery, seeing what that perfect game looks like, seeing what that perfect stroke looks like or, or event, that is key to getting your body to create and do what your mind wants you to do. So those are the five mental tools. And I always tell them, when you master these tools, remember that training requires a commitment, just like it does in your physical world to yep. your mental world, because we like to snap back, right? And so training your mind is as important as training your body. Now, here's the great thing is in the last session, I always remind them when you switch seasons or next year or any big milestone that you want to reach, come back and see me. We don't have to necessarily go through the whole four session process. We've already done that, but one or two sessions will help to A, I can remake your recording with new goals, new affirmations, and B, I can help remind you those tools and techniques that you get to practice for life to make you successful. And that's what gets, you know, to your peak performances, those five tools. And that's what we will be working on through our next four sessions. So, yeah. So, so the, your session, uh, it, it's a four session program. Uh, so is there, is there a specific time set that you use or is, is it uh, one session a week or one session a yep. month or is it? Uh... Yep. I typically do one session a week. Hmm. I, um, I sell it as a, a month long program. And then obviously if you miss a week because my schedule doesn't work out or theirs doesn't work out. Yeah. So I always uh, encourage them to set all four sessions in the beginning so that they get the time, time frame that they would like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's about a month long program. And then I, you know, I'm always on the emails afterwards. And I would say at least 50% of my athletes will come back for the next season or the next year. Or another couple sessions and that reminds them about me and then they do more referrals and no, so it really is an amazing way to get clients in your doors in a pretty simple way yeah that's one of the things that i uh, uh when i started my my hypnotherapy business here we, we only work with one session we we had it was a, a bit like our 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 promotion thing it was like we can we can fix it in one session because most yep. of the hypnotherapists in belgium even for stop smoking there were like five sessions we, we still do stop smoking one session i don't i don't see see much a plan to do stop smoking in multi-session but but now we are creating programs like virtual gastric band we we have uh i'm, I'm creating a, a hypno fasting program now uh mm -hmm. i'm testing it on myself uh I, I already lost like three kilograms i'm really happy <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm the the guinea pig for this program <laughs> normally i work with other people so my, my hypnotic breast enlargement is, is a, a multi-session program are you practicing that one too uh not on myself no, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but the thing, well, what I like, and then that's what you you uh, explained as well. What I like about those uh, multi-session programs is that you see your clients, you build like a, a relationship mm -hmm. with your clients. Mm -hmm. uh, you you get more feedback because you see them next week and the week later and or whatever time frame the yeah. program is in. But then you build that relationship and you get, of course, more referrals because you have that 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 better relationship with your your clients. Yeah. So well, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you, you you already mentioned it, that of course you can create a, a very fabulous program, very good program, but still the athlete has to do the work, of course. They had to do the exercise, the visualization, when, when they just yeah. don't do anything. What I experienced with, with uh, the difference with working with the, the the general issues like like weight loss or whatever uh, sometimes also they have to do the work listening to recordings or writing things down and then you have the athletes but what I see always is that most 90% of the athletes they will do the, the work oh. and not even maybe like 50% of your weight loss clients will do the work because a lot of them they just think oh the hypnotist will do it I just pay the hypnotist and I will lose weight but yeah, that's magic. That's something else. That's not what we're doing, of yeah. course. But when I when I have athletes, they just mm -hmm. do the work because they're used to, to do the training, especially an athlete. But most, I think the athletes who, who uh, make the decision of seeing a hypnotherapist, they they want to go somewhere. So they will do the work. And that's, that's yeah. one of the big difference that I experience with working with athletes. I have to agree. In fact, I always, I'm even surprised when I see like um, seventh graders and eighth graders and I give them tasks between sessions is to read their affirmations and uh, use their trigger. And I will, one of the first things I do is review with them. And like you, I'm always shocked, like seventh graders and eighth graders that don't want to do their homework. They'll be like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I did that every day or, and you ask them, or I'll say, what is your trigger statement? And they'll be like, every time I go to the bathroom, I say, I'm a great basketball player. I'm like, like you're doing it. So uh -huh. I have to agree. They actually do it. And I do tell them if if you don't want to do the work, it's not going to work because I am not magic. Hypnosis is magic, but I can only teach you how to do it. Your mind is magic. But I have to agree, they are great to work with. And and you know the other thing that I love is that there's not a lot of emotional stuff going on because we all know that when we have clients that have a lot of emotions or were um, you know reframing emotions or what did you learn from it, it's an exhausting day. Yeah. when we have, you know, five, six clients in that day. But when I work with athletes all day long, let's say I have like five or six athletes for the day. It's like, bing, bing, bing. It's so easy. Yeah. And I skip out of there. Yeah, they, they come in with a different attitude. They come in from, from a positive mindset. They want yeah. to go somewhere. And and the, the other clients, sometimes they come in from the negative mindset and right. they have an, oh, I had this problem for many years and I don't know. And I see so many yeah. therapists. And then you say, oh, but then you have to do that. And then, yeah, but I'm not sure. And an athlete, it comes in and they, mm -hmm. they want to go somewhere. They have a goal and, that, and yeah. that's more, the vibes are more positive in a therapy room. That That's, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that, that I'm, uh, yeah, most mm -hmm. of the time when I like, when I still do sessions myself, it's with athletes or or, yeah. or when I'm creating new programs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's almost like we get to skip that whole first three sessions of reprogramming their mind because mm. they already know how to do that. We're just teaching them mental training techniques. Mm. It is. It's like they're my favorite clients. I'm like, oh, I got an athlete today. Yay, that's easy. <laughs> Or yeah, a few athletes, uh, no? Okay. Yeah. One of one of the other things that I uh, want to discuss, one of the things that you mentioned is the goal setting. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the, the first things that, that when I do a presentation about working with uh, with athletes, one of the mm -hmm. first things that I, I teach my students or, or, or the attendees is always, um, I don't know if you have the same saying in, I, I know it's an old uh, Irish proverb, but we, we use it in our language as well. You can't make a racehorse out of a donkey. And so, so you say that now you say that. Yeah. I say that to my clients as well. So sometimes, <laughs> I, no, sometimes, it. especially like, like let, let, let's give the example of golf players. Sometimes you have those, those guys, they come in and, and they, 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 they don't say it, but, but sometimes you feel that they just want to become the next Tiger Woods. But of course it's not possible when you don't have the, when you're not a professional athlete first, they, they are weekend golfers. They, they mm -hmm. play like once a week or, or twice a month or something. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't want to put in the effort to, to do all the trainings, be like, like two hours a day on the, on the driving range, go to the gym, whatever, but they want the same result. And then sometimes and I, I just say them and I'm, I'm quite, especially when I have a good, connection with the client i just say 
you know, you can't make a racehorse out of a donkey. And then they, 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 they level back, they go back to, to the goal setting. So, so what is your approach when, when you, when, when you have like an athlete and you feel that the, that the goal that he's setting is, it's way too high. I love or the other that. side, That's... maybe, maybe, maybe sometimes yeah. way too low. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to use that. Um, I had an athlete that was a bags player, you know, like the game that you play like outside the lawn yard, the yard game bags, no, you no. throw the bag into the, the hole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. We don't, I, I don't think we, we have it here a lot in, in, uh, okay. in Europe, but I saw it on television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like an Olympic sport or something. Oh. I mean, he like, and so he wanted to be really good at it. Huh? But um, like you said, you know, he was kind of newer and yeah, I had that same experience. I wish I would have had that, that phrase because I so would have used that. Um, so what do I do with them? You know, I think I hit more on when that type of thing happens, I remind them that it's not about being the best as much as being your best. It's more about taking your self-doubt about what can I do and create it more into self-belief. And we know that as competition gets closer, the self-doubt starts to creep in. And when we can change the self-doubt to belief, it changes, you know, again, our body is looser when we believe in ourselves that, you know, we're lighter, we're happier when we're stressed or worried, or we are creating stories in our head, we're more tense and we don't perform as well. So um, that I use, you know, I help them with that. It's more about getting to be the best that you can be as opposed to. And then in part of my sessions in that program, I do work with what happens if you don't reach your goals? Because, and I know this mostly because I have elite athletes as sons and I have told them many times, like, this is your year. I know you can do it this year. And then possibly they didn't win state. Like my youngest son, he got third one year instead of first. And it was, it was a blow to him. So I started to learn how to work with athletes when we set goals and we don't reach them. How do we reframe that? Because the last thing we want to do is carry that into the next season or carry that into the next time that we perform. And so, you know, some like erasing techniques or resetting techniques um, helps them. And so I do that even as part of my protocol so that if they don't reach their goals, they know that it's not a failure. They're learning from it and how to reset and reprogram and get back to that state that will make them be that champion that they can be, but haven't, you know, haven't quite reached yet. You know yeah, I think that that's a good idea because of course there is, reaching a goal there's so many external factors that that can influence yeah. that as well so so the, the athlete can have done whatever what he has to do uh, yeah. or she has to do the, the the therapy sessions were okay but some external factors can influence that and and of course mm -hmm. when they're prepared that there is a chance that they can't reach the goal and they know how to go on and then go to the next season without taking the negative with them yeah. it will help them of course that's uh, exactly the uncontrollables and we talk yeah. about that there are always uncontrollables in our lives in anything including in sports hmm. so uh do you have a different approach when you work with uh individual uh sports uh, people and and team uh, sports people because like, like like a soccer player or a basketball player because of course when when mm -hmm. when you're in a team you can have a bad day and still win the match when you're mm -hmm. an individual player and you have a bad day you're probably not going to win uh the game or whatever that that you're doing so is there a different yeah. approach that you use or I use very similar approaches to all four sessions. Um, I know that the, the athletes that really want to perform, it doesn't matter if they're on a team or individual, they still take everything personally. It's still about them and the way yep. that they played. I do find with uh, sports or team, the teams that are not individuals, you know, more like a basketball and a soccer, and they tend to have more of, I want more playing time. I want to be more um, of a team player. I want to be more integral on the team. Mm -hmm. And we work a little bit more with that than the individual sports. And I would say I'm probably an expert, expert more even on the individual sports because wrestling and swimming, which no. were two of my big ones, mm -hmm. are individual sports. And, you know, I'll be honest, the individual sports, um, golf, swimming, wrestling, track, those are more, I believe, more of a mental game. I believe that mm. you have to be more on top of your game yep. in order yeah, to reach your goals. You, because can't hide, you can't hide yourself. No, when you're there's in, no in one you. supporting you when you make a bad no. move. Like no. it is you and is all you. So I tend to work with them a little differently, I guess, because I think that I feel like they have more pressure mm. on themselves 
um, they put more pressure on themselves because it's all them. So, so yeah. do you work sometimes with entire entire mm -hmm. teams? Yeah. Yes, yeah? I do. Well, like like you a know, group session honest, or? It's a very similar process. When I actually, when I started to get teams into my office or athletes into my office, which I don't even have to do this anymore because I have so many referrals, but um, I would go and talk to teams and I do a free team talk. Mm -hmm. And that's part of my online course, exactly what to say, all of the slides, how to say it, um, exactly how I do it. I don't talk hypnosis. I talk mental training, visualization, and relaxation because we don't want anyone freaking out. They're getting hypnotized. I obviously do an experiential so they get to feel the relaxation. They got to uh, do a visualization. So I will talk them through like your perfect basketball game. And I have scripts for, you know, all the different sports. Um, so I will do the team talks. And then I have had quite a few coaches that after the free team talk, which is about a half an hour, and I just give them a little overview of what I will do in the office. That's how I get my clients in. They will ask me to come back then and do mental training for the team. And I can charge hundreds of dollars for it. And then I will go through a more individualized program for about three sessions, probably with the team. I usually schedule them after their practice, hmm. after a club practice or a collegiate practice. And we'll do like 45 minute sessions. And it's it's a very similar program of just mental training, mental toughness, how to change, you know, your self-talk, how to thought stop when you recognize that thought is coming in, like, I don't want to practice today. Stop. It makes me a better athlete, you know, whatever that is. So um, yes, I do team also and very similar process. Okay, great. So one of the things that, that uh, I, I know that's really, really uh, strong, a strong technique is visualization, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. I use it a lot. Uh, in the beginning, I was I was um, not so into visualization for the same problem as, as, as what my question is, because um, I know that a lot of uh, sometimes mostly guys they say oh but i can't visualize i can't see things i can't uh, do this and i was in the beginning i was a bit like the same oh i don't see it because i'm i have a very good imagination but i can't see real images so now i um now i approach them totally different and i i i, I teach them how to 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 use their mind to visualize do you have the same um, feedback sometimes from from the, when you say oh let's do a visualization exercise that people say oh but i can't visualize i i can't see things you know not really and i think it's probably because of the structure and the protocol mm. that i use yeah. so in that first session when i don't do hypnosis I will, um, as we're writing their statements and uh, I, as I am creating what their script will be, I will put them into, and I tell them this, it's a relaxation state, mm -hmm. not hypnosis. We're going to do relaxation for this first session. It's only going to take a few minutes. I'll get them into the relaxed state. And then I will actually have them tell me, I'll get them started. What does your perfect game look like? So I'll say, you know, you're, you're, you're um, stretching, you're ready for your game. You're mentally, physically, emotionally ready for the best game of your life. Um, your teammates are with you. You know what gym you're in. You can hear the crowd getting excited. So I'll get them started, right? Mm. And then I will say, and you step onto the court and now tell me, what does your perfect game look like? What techniques are you using? Um, who, who is around you? What happens in your perfect game? And how does that perfect game end? And they will tell me exactly what it is. Um, and I'm writing that down because I want to use that for their scripts in the future because it's their languaging. Mm -hmm. And um, I get them started that way because they can see it. They just, you know, I have to agree. I'm not a very visual person, but when you walk it through them that way, they recognize, oh, I guess I, I, guess I can, because oh. my question always for them is now, when you were telling me that, did you see words come across your head and your screen? Or did you see the picture of you doing it? They're like, I saw the picture of me playing the game. Yeah, now, you know, you have a visual uh, person. You or you have, yeah, uh, well. mm -hmm. So yeah, you actually, because uh when i remember correct correctly the visualization is only like in your fourth session so when they have done all the other work they are they are ready to 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 know what you're meaning when you say visualize this and then and, and, yeah, yeah. so because you use it also in the other sessions without uh mentioning well, let's do some visualization yeah so, yeah, uh, so that's just so, the first session. And then yeah. with the second session, I do more of a hypnosis and mm -hmm. I record it for them to have mm -hmm. um, using yeah, what their perfect game looks like in their strategies. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't really. Um, and then, 
you know what I do actually, I do have them even after that first session, I tell them just take a few minutes, get yourself relaxed, just like we did here in the chair, get yourself relaxed and visualize that perfect game. Exactly like we went through it. It takes two seconds. Your subconscious works faster than your, your mind, faster than your mouth. So it literally takes two minutes, but between now and then just once a day, get yourself relaxed, visualize that perfect game. It'll take you two minutes and then we'll talk more next week. Yeah. So yeah, they're conditioning their, their mind yeah. and their system. So yeah, the moment they, they really have to use it, they're, they're ready for it. Of course. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I had another question in mind and now it skipped my mind. I was thinking I have to ask that question, but now it skipped my mind. So uh, let's talk about uh, something else first. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you mentioned your, your training already. So uh, how can people uh, reach you? How can people find you? Where can they find you if they're interested uh, in, in working with you and in, in, in doing your online training? Uh, so make some promotion. Okay, so I'm actually recreating my course because, and it will be available, I'm going to um, offer it, launch it the beginning of April, so a few months yet. Mm -hmm. I'm creating the webinar right now, and it's a four-month course. And the reason I'm restructuring it is because I used to see athletes for three sessions, and I recognize that in the third session, I'm teaching them how self-hypnosis and new techniques, and that fourth session is so powerful for reinforcement for them. So I am uh, had to re I got to restructure my manual. And so I um, wrote, just rewrote my new manual. I'm writing a book for coaches off of the manual to put on Amazon. And then I will be launching the course. And so um, the webinar will be available probably in the next month or so, actually beginning of February, I'll be offering a, a webinar. So keep an eye out for the webinar. And then after that, I'll launch the course in April so that we can do, because I do group training and uh, personal coaching through it. So we could do all that. Um, there's modules in the course and it's a four month long course. And so um, you can find the information at Karen Bird, C-A-R-Y-N-B-I-R-D.com. And I have more information on it, how to sign up for the webinar. And you can um, always give me a call, contact me, my email's there. If you have any questions, we can talk about it now. I actually already have uh, for the course in April, three or four signed up for it. So I'm going to do two, um, two courses, one for the newer hypnotist and hypnotherapist, because what I found is that when I combine the newer ones and the experienced ones, the experienced ones are not getting the, um, they're not getting as much because the newer ones are learning more and it's a newer. So I'm going to do two different tiers of it one for the newer and one for the more experienced, still focusing on working with athletes. But um, yeah, so I have like three or four signed up for April. So I'm already in the enrollment process if anyone is interested in talking about it now, but more information will be on my webinar next month. Okay, so I will put all the links and uh, also to your social media and so in, in the show notes so people can reach you, can follow you and then they uh, they can uh, sign up for uh, for the training once it, uh, now or, or the moment it is, uh, yeah. it is ready, of course. So uh, my next question was actually about what is in the pipeline, but you already uh, told us that you're working on the on the new training that you're mm -hmm. uh, writing a book that you uh, so the book is it's for for uh, sport coaches that uh, that, yep. That's, yep. The, that's the audience. Uh, yeah. Let me, yeah. So what, what I have in when I first started the course is I wrote this manual, it's called Attitude mm -hmm. of a Champion Mindset Training Guide. And I decided to rewrite it for coaches, you know, taking out like hypnosis and scripts, but yeah. how to work with your athletes on mental toughness. And that way I can refer coaches to it and have them purchase the book. So when I work with their team, they have more material and also to get out there. So yeah, so I rewrote it for coaches also um, so that they can just have the material because I believe it's so important. I, I see so many coaches that uh, unfortunately, I feel like they're hurting their teams more than helping them because they don't know how to be positive and to mm. encourage. And it's more like the yelling and the negative. So my hope is that that'll help you know, I think that about. that's also the, the a bit the old culture of, of the coach mm -hmm. who has to to, to force the, the athletes mm -hmm. into or, or to, to to make them hard and to, to give them hard trainings and and, and, and yeah, most of the time out from the negative way 
And I think that that's that's a culture that's changing. Uh, more and more coaches are also into uh, reading books about mental the mental game, and then they mm-hmm. they. Uh, so I think that's a very good idea to to because, yeah, uh, now the now the step for for a sport coach is a bit too big because now he has to follow a hypnotherapy training and when you create a book especially yes. for them they just have to purchase the book and and then without becoming the hypnotist they can mm-hmm. get valuable information that they can use with their team so i think that's yeah. there, there is a market for it and uh, that yeah, yeah a lot of people will will have interest in a, in a book like that so yeah and then anyone that trains under me becomes a performance mindset coach themselves and I can refer out anywhere, you know, around the world. I've already trained, um, I think, 20. So the more, you know, that take the course and become, you know, get that certification, I can refer coaches to them mm. around the world with the books. So pretty excited about that, too. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're a busy bee. You know what to do and uh, creating new stuff. I know the feeling. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yes. yeah, that's uh, yeah. great. Um, I did want to mention, you know, one of the big reasons that I'm doing this and I've recognized I'm, I'm really been a lot of doing a lot of searching and, and what is my why and why do I want to do this? And mm-hmm. one of the big reasons is, is because my son, who was an elite athlete and uh, a national champion on the future Olympians list, um, traveled around the world to the Ukraine, uh, state champion. He recently passed away in a motorcycle accident. And um, when I think about, and I I remember this when he was alive because I would ask him so many times, what makes you so amazing? Like, I know that we were great parents, but seriously, like, how did you get that confidence? So every time he stepped on the mat, I don't even care if it was a national tournament. I knew he was going to win. Like, Mm. I wasn't even worried about it. And um, so he was very instrumental in me learning what does it take to have that mental toughness. And since he's passed away, I am just more and more, um, I really want to get out there and get coaches and athletes to realize how powerful it is to have that mental strength Mm. and it changes their entire game. And the more that I can teach other hypnotists and hypnotherapists how to do it, the more athletes we can reach. Yeah, and so it's kind of like one of my, le- my legacy for him is I get to teach what you taught me to the rest mm. of the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a very good goal and a very good, good uh, thing to, yeah, to honor him actually. Yeah. That's yeah. a good thing yeah. uh, that you, yeah, that you do yeah. things like that because yeah, it's like you said, the more, the more people that are out there that uh, when I started teaching in Belgium, a lot of people said that yeah, you're you're going to uh, create your own competition in a very small country, as as uh, I explained to you before we start the interview. But that's not true because mm-hmm. when, the more students uh, are out there uh, using the same techniques as I'm d- using, uh, and and a lot of them have very good very good uh, sessions, very uh, very high success rate. Mm-hmm. The more people get in touch with hypnosis, the more people talk about hypnosis and the more people are going to give hypnosis a chance to get rid of an issue or to, to reach a goal. So so it will it will help my business as well because I started on my own and the moment I start teaching and now I have like nine therapists working for me. The the, the ninth mm-hmm. one is going to start next week. So so that that it's yeah it's even yeah. even when when I, I and I do I have a lot uh, even in my own hometown are are three of my students working now, but yeah. that doesn't affect my business because yeah just more people are talking about and that's that's what you're doing as well the more coaches are out there the more athletes can be helped the more athletes will refer other athletes and the 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 bigger the 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 market uh, grows so i think that's that's a very good uh, plan yeah and i wanted to mention what i love uh what you've done rob and i have taken advantage of myself and i love it is the videos that you've created and Mm -hmm. offered to the rest of us as hypnotists and hypnotherapists are so instrumental (laughs) and um, you know, it, it has been amazing for me. Like I love to use it. I have it on my YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and you create it specifically for us. So I want to thank you for doing that for our world. And it's such a simple way of us not having to go out there and recreate them ourselves, but what you have created for us, I I just want to say thank you and uh, shout out to you about, you know, the way that you've given back to our profession too. Yeah, that's something that I, I really like. One of the things that that, that I, I never will give out of hand is the creation of videos because my first, my, my very first uh, uh, 
uh, when, when I uh, started uh, high school, so when I ended college, uh, I signed up for, for a, a movie direction uh, school. Oh. So I never finished it because uh, I saw I saw myself the next Steven Spielberg, but then the, at the school I realized that I was not going to be because... Uh, so I, I went into theater, I, I, I had my own anim- entertainment business and things like that, but that video making was is still in my, in, in my fingers and I still want to do it. So that's something that I that I do uh, like like a side thing, and mm-hmm. then then uh, I said, oh, maybe I can just create the videos and give it out to to, to some hypnotist yeah. that can use I it. I love it. And, that and explains it because I'm like, how does Rob do this? Does he like have a like right hand man that does this for him? But <laughs> no, no, that's I, do myself, I, love it. I do it myself. But I really yeah. love I I really love it. So uh, I just had that someone into because I uh, my my training in my training room is also I have a green key studio in my training room. But mm-hmm. now because I can't do trainings uh, due to the pandemic for probably another six months, so I decided to put some more lights to make it even more professional because now I can have it I can have it there for like six months or, or, or yeah. the worst case scenario even longer and mm-hmm. other times I, I have to, to have a, a minimal setup because I have to take it away every weekend because we have trainings but now I, I'm, I'm expanding even so make it even more professional so I can make more videos and things like that so yeah that's what I, what I really like so Okay, Karen, thank you very much for uh, this interview. Uh, We had a very good chat, a lot of information about working with athletes. I'm quite sure, uh, especially the the ones... Oh, I remember my question. The question that I wanted to ask, I just wanted to... uh, And now I remember the question. when, when I'm teaching um, sports uh, hypnosis to, to my students, um, one of the questions that I have a lot, and I, I, I mentioned that it's, it's not true, but one of, one of the things that, I, that I've experienced that a lot of hypnotherapists are afraid of working with sports people, they say, yeah, but I don't know anything about golf. Mm. I don't know anything about wrestling. I don't know anything about wrestling, but, but I work <laughs> with like uh, Taekwondo uh, fighters or how do you call them? Uh, I don't know anything about Taekwondo, but they just explain me, hey, this is this is what I'm doing, and I ask you, okay, tell me what you're doing and what you want to change, and yes. and I think, yeah, you you probably don't know and uh, some about some sports, of course, but not about all the sports that you're working yeah. with. So I think that's maybe something that we can we can talk about. I agree. So I saw an MMA fighter a couple months ago, and. I'm like not a fighter. I mean, wrestling because my kids wrestled, but that's like as far as I go. And I thought to myself, what the heck? Like, I'm going to be telling this guy to like knock him out, you know? But, and I didn't know the last thing about MMA, but seriously, before each session, I don't know, like lacrosse. I didn't know anything about lacrosse. And I saw a lacrosse, lacrosse player. I was like, oh, lacrosse. Literally, like you can Google affirmations for lacrosse and then you kind of sound like you know what you're doing, but they're the experts in their sport. They know the languaging. They know that they want to do. You are actually the one that's teaching them how to manage their mind. And you don't have to know how to be, you don't have to be an athlete yourself. You don't know how you have to talk their language because they'll tell you what they want. And then you just help them manage their mind. It's really, you don't have, like you said, you don't have to be an expert in it. You don't even have to have been an athlete yourself to know how to work with them. I don't, I've never smoked in my life and I work with smokers. No, no. I smoked for 10 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you work with smokers. Uh, I work with I smokers. I do too, but, no, but I still but never a lot, smoke. A lot of my, my students, they never smoked and they, they have, uh, or my therapists, they have great success with, with smokers. Exactly. So that, that's a very good example, of course. Uh, yeah. You don't, uh, and, and I think you, first, you can't know anything uh, all the details about all the sports. So, and there are so many different sports, uh, even mm. in the US, more than, than here. Uh, I, I don't, I, I heard, heard the name lacrosse uh, already in in television shows in the US but I don't know what it what it's about I don't know anything about that but yeah. even yeah there can they can enter a, a lacrosse player my my therapy room and I can work with him because yes. I, they, as you said they are the experts and I I, I, I even think it's it's when you when you want to to pretend that you know a lot about the sport they will they will see through you so I think it's it's, it's better just yeah. to say I don't know much like I did with the Taekwondo fighters or mm-hmm. I work with, with, I know a bit about snook, uh, snooker uh, and things like that. So some sports I know from television or I played yeah. it a bit myself, but um, the, oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's better that you just say, 
yeah just explain me explain me what you're doing what you want what you what you want instead uh mm -hmm. tell me give me some some terms that you use and then then you can use it in in your yeah. sessions or, or your recordings or whatever i think that's uh but that, i i i feel it a lot in the mind of of uh my students or, or other hypnotherapists they say oh no i don't work with sports play back i don't know anything about sports eh, you don't know you don't need to no you don't no you don't no. Okay. And if anyone that's watching that doesn't know anything about sports, I will teach you everything you need to learn about sports <laughs> yeah. in four months. So, no. yeah. That's all Let you need. Um, no, no, no. Okay. So, thank you very much. Thank and you. Uh, I hope to see you soon somewhere in the world in real person uh i love i love these zoom calls and i'm really happy we can do things like this especially now but i'm really looking forward to to go somewhere and and be together with the oh, entire yeah. family and and oh yeah yes. give a good hug and uh yeah uh, drink something at the bar and whatever so yes. <laughs> uh really looking forward to that so okay thank you all right thank you for having me it was fun okay.